Good morning and welcome to The Morning Fix. I'm Julie Dye and I'm here with Amy Shepard. Good morning. Morning Fix is a podcast series brought to you by 510K Cafe. We're meeting with medical technology leaders to discuss trends, innovations, and the future of marketing and PR in the med tech industry. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Layla Balranian, CEO of Lento Medical Innovation. Layla has an amazing background in engineering, biotech, medical device design, product management, and executive leadership nationally and internationally. Trained as an engineer in Iran, she has a master's degree in mechanical engineering from the University of Toronto. And since moving to the San Francisco Bay Area, she's contributed to multiple medical device product and engineering teams, as well as heading up her own medical device ventures. Layla is a role model for many women in science and engineering, and we're thrilled to be speaking to her today. Welcome, Layla. Thank you, Julie. I appreciate it. Yes, welcome, welcome. We're so happy to have you here today to speak with us. You really have a stellar background, and I'll just I'll briefly go through it because uh, it's worth mentioning. A mechanical engineering bachelor's from Isfahan University of Technology in Iran, a master's of applied science in mechanical engineering from the University of Toronto, a top top program, a graduate certificate in biodesign from Stanford. This list is long. <laughs> How would you sum up your educational and work experience from a national and international perspective? Um, Amy, you are very kind. Um, I honestly don't feel these are exceptional accomplishments. Um, Nonetheless, I feel grateful for all and any opportunity to delve into topics of my interest and fascination. I must say, to me, university environment is inspiring and liberating. It feels anything can happen when you are in in a campus. Uh, So attending different schools provided me with the opportunity to differentiate myself. I pursued mechanical engineering due to my passion for uh, applied physics and solid design, particularly in medical devices. I found mechanical engineering as the mother of all solid designs, so I decided to pursue that. And I, at the same time, at a younger age also, I always wanted to see the world and be at the edge of technology. Leaving Iran and pursuing graduate studies in Toronto was in pursuit of both of these goals. Finally, landing in the Bay Area opened up the opportunity to serve in my long beloved area of medical devices, plus the fantastic opportunity to attain a degree from Stanford because which engineer doesn't have the dream of Stanford? And particularly, Stanford biodesign was exceptionally holistic, encompassing design, medical devices, innovation, technology, strategic thinking and planning. I was in heaven. And um, I always went back to my learnings from biodesign, specifically how to discover unmet needs and validate them and then develop to address those unmet needs, whatever we do has to be geared towards that. And finally, strategizing in what is next, um, IP, uh, like patent, regulatory, marketing, how to prove the concept. All of those were um, summarized in biodesign. And I really, really learned a lot and enjoyed my time there very much. Wow, that's amazing. I love I love your whole experience, your your background. I find it interesting 
having the uh, starting a career and an educational pursuits international internationally, and then you know m- moving around the the world, experiencing uh, you know just just different perspectives and ideas from colleagues and peers. Did you find that it was it was to your advantage to be in so many different places and experiencing and experiencing these these different pursuits, or did you find it was a, a little bit of of a challenge? Well, I would say both. Um, being able to differentiate myself, you know, being an Iranian, even with an accent, in Canada and in the U.S. Uh, good or bad, but it was an, a differentiating factor for me. People could recognize that, okay, this is a different person, perhaps. Many times when I was talking to surgeons, for example, when I was in marketing, they would very quickly ask me, where are you from? And the next question was, are you an engineer? You know, so bringing all of these different facets was challenging for sure. Even I remember learning the jargons in neurovascular, for example, learning all the nomenclatures there was a huge challenge in the first month of my tenure back in 2007 with Boston Scientific Neurovascular. Uh, It was challenging, but nothing to to shy away from. It was a drive, if you will. And um, I think the art was in bringing them all together rather than trying to diminish them. I I am not proud of my accent, but it is what it is. <laughs> and I try to fix it as best as I can, but it'll slip anyway. And it's okay. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that Amy and I have talked about with other colleagues in the medical device industry is some of the challenges of being female in what is a very male-dominated field. In addition, you know, you talked a little bit about coming from an international background. You know, what challenges would you say you had to overcome being a female in this world? Um, Fact of the matter is, among all majors, selecting mechanical engineering as my major, I knew what I was getting myself into. Being a young woman, I expected discrimination. Challenges were real, both in a few years that I worked in as a pure mechanical engineer in pure mechanical engineering roles, and then in medical device industry too. And to my fascination, both in Iran and to my surprise, even in Canada and in the US. However, uh, as a woman, very early on, I found it mundane to openly and factually fight the discrimination as I used to do as a teenager. Instead, I decided to remain authentic to the truth and let the truth speak for itself. When I was younger, I felt I had to work hard to prove myself and prove the discrimination was wrong and so on and so forth. Later, I realized I didn't owe anyone a proof. Anyone with an open eye could see for themselves. So I focused my attention instead on the task at hand, always put my best in it for the sake of the task and for the sake of the service. Um, The other thing that I did strategically was differentiating myself. I knew very early on to be successful as a woman in a male-dominated field, I had to have something extra to present. So during undergrad, for example, when everyone was studying in Farsi, I bought English textbooks and in the classrooms, I took my notes in English. Then when I went to Canada during my graduate studies, 
while everyone was comfortable analyzing linear material, I pursued analyzing nonlinear material and alloys. Then adding Stanford Biodesign to my resume was another differentiating factor for R&D positions within medical devices. And finally, bringing technical background, mechanical background, technical background into marketing and business management was another differentiating factor for me. So I am overcoming the challenges by remaining authentic, focusing on the task at hand, accepting people as they are, allowing them to make their own conclusion in due time, and consistently and constantly and strategically differentiating myself, keep an open mind and learn. That's just an incredible response, Layla. Uh, I love the the theme of authenticity, differentiating yourself by being yourself, not complaining, not pointing fingers and blaming others. You are, yes, you were in a a male dominated field. It was, it was difficult. You might've not had, had had a lot of support, uh, maybe there are naysayers around you, but you found a way to separate yourself from the competition to make uh, your work and yourself a bit more special, rise above the rest uh, by just working hard and and being and being who who you are, learning English uh, at an early age, studying nonlinear concepts, and when everybody else was studying other other things or linear concepts, as you mentioned, uh, and and almost like a you were a silent, uh, you know, you were you you were silently representing yourself in a very positive way and in 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 your own special way you are affecting a change that's remarkable thank you amy you're so kind so you had some great you know insights about what you did to you know prove yourself within the industry are there any other tips or advice that you would have for other young women who are starting out, you know, maybe in the mechanical engineering field or, um, you know, in the device world today? Um, if I may, as an older sister, um, I would say, know thyself and then remain authentic to yourself. Then challenge yourself. Never stay too long in your comfort zone know that you can always do more, believe that you can always do more and be brave in differentiating yourself. Fact of the matter is everyone is unique. We need to let those positive aspects of our uniqueness shine. And I think um, perhaps these all apply to both men and women. So to young women, I would just add, don't let the noise into your head. Genders are not at odds with each other. Both men and women are beautiful and powerful. If anyone has gender issues, it is their problem. We just have to remain um, our graceful selves. They will grow out of it in due time. Thank you so much. I love that. Um, it's all about authenticity and people really respond to that. And you know how you've grown in your career is certainly a testament to that. Thank you, Julie. Layla, yes, this is such great information and such a great conversation. Yeah, I'm very pleased. I'm I'm very pleased to be here and to to speak with 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 such a remarkable professional. And I know Julie feels the same way. Switching gears, I wanted to talk a little bit more about your your business background. Um, I know you've worked in many different facets within medical device. 
specifically, how has marketing and product design changed or evolved over the years, in your opinion? Uh, well, Amy, what I have been observing is that product development and marketing are becoming more and more multifaceted. Devices are becoming smarter. Digitization is here to stay for sure. So now we need mechanical engineers and biomedical engineers work alongside electrical engineers and software developers and so on and so forth. I also see smart partnerships happening. Uh, companies and enterprises are becoming smarter about their own weaknesses and complementing them with the strengths of others. And in this facet, I have realized that enterprises are not shying away from complementing their weaknesses with companies and enterprises outside their regions and even their countries. Uh, the two enterprises can be in two opposite parts of the globe, yet the partnership is real and is helping them to develop novel state-of-the-art innovations to address real unmet needs of the market, which usually is give, give or take the same anywhere, specifically in medical devices. So in this case, communication becomes the key. So it would be smart to learn other languages and cultures. Otherwise, I just see more and more, um, I, I don't want to call them complex, but multifaceting happening in marketing and in product development. And, and I'm curious, Leila, do you see social media affecting marketing and medical device in any way? I know years ago, it wasn't much, much of a thing, but now, and I know it's difficult within medical device because any communications that, that represents med device medical technology has to be reviewed and approved. It's been difficult for marketers. I know in my career over the years to how does one differentiate themselves when you can only say so many things? Of course, physicians can can say what they what they want, but we have to be careful to stay on label. And now in this ever increasing social media world, messages can get a little skewed out there. And I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are, what your experiences might have been with social media and the messages that you put forth. Very, very good uh, question and observation here. Uh, fact of the matter is due to social media or, or, or any other reason, due to accessibility to internet, really, patients have become very smart and they are savvy in researching their problem and researching potential solutions down to the best well-known institutions and surgeons or healthcare providers for their specific problem. And they can go astray <laughs> in their search, that's for sure, especially if they just limit their, um, their understanding from social, social media and not complement it by talking to someone they trust, some expert they trust. So, um, it's, it has become a, a twofold, two-sided uh, sword, if I may say so. It has been educating and also it has been maleducating uh, the patients. I think what is important is to monitor what is happening out there, keep a pulse on what comes, keep a pulse at where your patients, your end-end users go to gather their information and be present there. again. Um, I go back to the truth. Let the truth talk for itself. It will, it will, it is more challenging right now for sure. 
Um, however, at the same time, if you remain uh, to the task, to the truth, continue uh, bringing people back to what is real by saying it yourself, by having healthcare providers advocating for you, and hopefully by having patients advocating it for you, you are going to have a more successful presence out there than trying to, to stop the malinformation because you cannot. That's that's fact of the matter. It, people, it's it's the the how internet is designed to just be open and free for anybody to to bring whatever they have to the net. The the patients, the users have to be smarter about how to utilize them. And our fact is to help them be smart with that. Layla, many of our listeners work in marketing in the medical device field. And, you know, I know as a medical device marketer myself, one of the things I love to hear about is other companies, what they're doing, you know, and how they're marketing and how they're being successful. And so I wondered, you know, through the years, is there a particular marketing campaign that you've either been a part of or have seen in our industry that you believe really worked? And, and why would that be? Um, well, Julie, what I have been observing is that... Um, this, the more successful marketing campaigns have been those that started with the target audience in mind. Um, I always ask my marketing managers, for example, to think about their brochure as they are writing their marketing specification document. The very first document they write, I want them to think how they are going to, to present it. So as they start from voice of customer, end with the voice of customer as well. Start with the end in mind, really. And furthermore, I have found surgeon advocacy or healthcare provider advocacy or patient advocacy make most efficient campaigns. It's very difficult, especially with novel devices and solutions, which is exactly our challenge right now with Lento, to get surgeons champion your cause. However, if you focus on that, if you focus on a handful of champions who would come on board, who are global opinion leaders, who would try your device who are with you probably throughout product development now they confidently try it out then they are going to present it wanted or not to their peers and their peers believe them of course more than they believe us marketers or us industry so um, these are the two two most important facets of a campaign to me to start with your audience and to onboard your audience to your campaign that makes sense. And I know, you know, working in the medical device field, it, it no matter which which disease state you're you're addressing with your technologies, that physician influence is so important. And so, you know, it's been really interesting to see how different companies adjust to that because what used to be physician um, importance might just be gauged or just might be ranked on their clinical data they present. But now you have this whole other element of ways that you look at physician influence, like, you know, are they active on social media? Do they do a lot of speaking engagements? And so there's a lot of ways to analyze, you know, do physicians have that influence that you need to be able to talk about your product to their peers and, you know, move the needle that way. So I'm glad you brought up that physician piece of it because it is so critical in our industry. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Julie. I, I completely, I completely agree. And, um, and, and I, I'm hearing lots of themes, uh, Layla, 
about authenticity and truth. And it's funny, as we've been speaking, I was thinking, geez, those are characteristics we don't always hear today (laughs) in in today's world that we're living in. And it's very refreshing. And it's wonderful that there are leaders out there in the business world today that still hold those characteristics and those values near and dear because they are essential. And I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, sort of segueing into your leadership role, specifically at Lento Medical. Uh, a lot of our of our listeners here are interested in health tech startups, and I know they would love to hear about your experience uh, at Lento. How have you marketed and, differenti- and differentiated yourselves as a company and even yourself as a CEO and a leader? Um, sure, Amy. Um, so for myself, actually, it takes us back to where we started, uh, being slightly different or presenting something extra. Uh, essentially, having a technical background has been important in all of the leadership roles I have pursued or been selected for, including for this Lento. Um, it is highly scientific. When our CTO talks, I feel like I am in a toy shop because he talks all sorts of mechanical engineering um, jargons that are so um, so exciting to me, to my engineering side. So it has, and, and it was important for him to, to have somebody who understands the technology to come on board with them uh, in understanding the product, understanding the solution, and then help put together the strategies around their commercialization. I think also like remaining curious and adaptive. Um, I have I have changed fields, as you know, from R&D to marketing, from neurovascular to or- orthopedic surgery, for example, right now. Every time I submerged myself into articles, clinical data, textbooks, attended conferences before pandemic, and <laughs> talked to end users, again, before pandemic, when it was possible, uh, to meet them in person, but even now over phone and over Zoom, and kept an open mind in learning and then adapting. Um, even though surgeons are usually of the same clan, but neurovascular surgeons are very different from orthopedic surgeons. A culture in America is different than Japan. Bay Area is different than Houston. So being while staying honest to yourself, of course, you know yourself and you stay within your realm of call it authenticity, call it honesty, but then being adaptive within that really to each culture and society and has helped. As for Lento, also it takes us back to digitization. I am actually very proud of uh, Lento for being focused on patient experience. How can we reduce their lead time to their surgery? How can we reduce their OR time? through providing enough information to the, to the surgeon in due time to help them, empower them to be more efficient in their surgery. And also, um, I, you hear this a lot, and I don't want to overuse this. However, there is a, a value in saying this. Democratizing surgery, they say, in robotic surgery, and in our case, democratizing knee replacement surgery, where it doesn't matter if the surgeon is a 300 case surgeon or is a 30 case surgeon, the patient deserves a good and an effective outcome. 
and we can help with our digital platform, how we provide information to the surgeon for their preoperative planning and intraoperative assistant, we can help exactly achieving that. And that's how Lento is differentiating themselves. And I am, like I said, proud of the team for that. That, that makes sense. And, and I, as you were speaking, Leila, I was thinking about this theme of remaining curious and adaptable and going from neurovascular to orthopedics, two very different specialties. And, and the, the themes, the qualities that you bring with you are, are authenticity as a leader. And I think what's interesting is as a leader, if you have those qualities, you set the tone. And, and those, are, those are the qualities that trickle down throughout the entire organization to your customers, to your end customers, to patients. And I think that's what will make Lento successful. I think it all starts at the top. Thank you, Amy. I really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I know so, Layla. I know so. So we have one additional question for you about specifically about the orthopedic space. With elective procedures impacted by COVID-19, how do you anticipate that companies like Lento Medical in the orthopedic space will need to adjust to life when you can't have um, a sales rep in every case um, or maybe surgeons aren't doing as many joint replacements? How how is the orthopedics world going to adjust? Oh, very smart question, Julie. The hustle is real uh, beyond my anticipation at first and then quickly recognizing it and taking it head on as a challenge. Um, this pandemic within elective surgery has made it completely clear that we have to be super vigilant about the patient's journey throughout their care. No one ever likes to go to hospital, uh, except maybe for the birth of a child. <laughs> but this pandemic has made it really super clear that people don't want to go uh, to the hospital. So what can we do and what should we do as a healthcare industry in general to remain vigilant and sensitive to patients' journey? Um, how can we reduce their wait time? How can we reduce their time under anesthesia? How can we reduce their length of stay to reduce the possibility of picking up a buck, which is right now really what is scaring the patients about going to the hospital? So uh, this has become very evident. We see uh, already a faster shift happening from uh, hospital surgeries happening inside hospital to surgeries happening in surgical centers outside the hospital. That's very smart, and um, also. Letting in, in, in surgical hospital uh, centers, you usually don't keep patients overnight, which is again another uh, important um, factor for patients to consider elective surgeries. And that brings us back to becoming multifaceted and digitized, developing smarter devices and systems that can be more readily anticipating, planning, and help with improving quality of care in a shorter time. And still be more efficient. This is this is no easy easy task to take on. However, it is absolutely possible. We have all the necessary technology set up for us to exactly provide that to our patients. And uh, like I said, that's what I am I am proud of Lento about because that's exactly what the team is doing. That's great. Thank you so much for that. 
Of course, my pleasure. Okay, Layla, we have one more parting question for you that we always ask our guests. Since you are here on the Morning Fix podcast, we would love to know what is your morning fix? Oh, what a sweet question, Amy. Um, well, mornings are sacred to me. I love the quiet and the openness in early morning. Uh, and if I may, I tell you about my three routine fixes. So first of all, I try to wake up before my roosters, also known as my children. So I get to have some quiet time to myself. I go to a more private part of the house, pray, meditate for a few minutes. And then if I dare to turn on a dim light, I gift myself with some reading. Uh, being from Iran, I am fortunate to be able to read Farsi and submerge myself in beautiful worlds of Persian poetry by poets and mystics of 10th, 12th, 16th century, reading Rumi, Hafez, and, and more, and feed my soul. The first thing I do in the morning. And then um, I make myself a green shot made of um, a powder from dried fruit and vegetable that helps me refresh my bodily cells. And finally, three to five times a week, depending on my physical state, I take off on a walk, hike, or run. And what I do in addition to pumping blood into my cells, I use the time to call someone and socialize or think in private on a matter at hand, usually a strategic matter at work, or listen to podcasts. And you can imagine, be sure that Morning Fix podcast is now saved in my library. And I look forward to new episodes to learn from you and your guests. Oh, Layla, that's so fantastic. <laughs> I think I might just, when we talk about this podcast, I'm going to talk about that one answer. That's just a, a beautiful answer. How, how inspiring. And uh, thank you. Thank you so very much. Oh, my pleasure. Pleasure is mine. Well, it's truly been an honor to speak with such an accomplished professional this morning who truly is a role model for students, young women, and men in the STEM world. And thank you to all of our listeners. We hope you enjoyed this one. We're so thrilled you joined us. Please be on the lookout for more interviews from medical technology marketing leaders such as Layla. And thank you for tuning in to The Morning Fix.